My name is Joanne Averson, and this is the podcast, Pain Removed, Performance Improved. Today is the 22nd of December 2020. It's the day after the winter solstice, the longest night and the shortest day. And I don't usually date my podcasts, but I wanted to today because I wanted to take this opportunity to say Happy Christmas and wishing you a Happy New Year on one of the most difficult years I think we've all had to deal with. My heart goes out to everyone on whatever basis for whatever you've dealt with. I send you love. I send you well wishes. And in some ways, I don't know what to say. However, I wanted to show up and I wanted to send love and light and the sound of warmth across the collective. Because I think if this year has taught us anything, it's given us a sense of our global connectivity and the fact that we all share such fundamental emotions as compassion, as gratitude, as appreciation. And I think one of the biggest things that's happened this year, and certainly the feedback I've had from the many hundreds of people I get to speak to, is that the scale of things has changed. Perhaps what we thought was normal and ordinary and took for granted in some ways as part of everyday life has come into stark contrast as not necessarily being the way we might think it should be or would be or could be. It's suddenly come into question whether you can travel, whether you can be with somebody, whether you can hug somebody, whether you can just reach out and touch somebody. We've become aware of a disproportionate change in the depth of field. And I've also seen a number of people and spoken to a number of people who found anxiety levels and stress levels to be so different, so shaken up by all that's happened, either directly to them or to others that they know of. And I know it's very difficult when we watch the news to filter out the biases that we come across, that we read social media. And it's very easy to panic at things that we didn't need to be concerned about. And all these variables mean that the word life, as if it's a thing in and of itself that does something to us, suddenly becomes unfamiliar. And this actually is innate to us as beings that love patterns. You know, we we have the pattern of our species, we have the pattern of our relationships, we have the pattern of our ways of being. And suddenly we're called to question those patterns 
because they've been interrupted. And I've also come across people who, from this impact of change and shifting sands and variability, have found different ways of being more peaceful or of simplifying or of taking notice and highlighting different things. As I said, the scale changes that something that was not important to you before perhaps has become much more important and something that was very important to you a year ago doesn't actually matter anymore. And for some of us, there's been a deepening, a deepening of awareness and a sense of connection. And I know I did in my series, uh, Zoom Room Gloom and Brain Drain Strain, and it was done with some humour, but I know it's very real for many of us. And I personally find it quite hard to calibrate, not the difficulty of being on Zoom, but recognising what it takes in terms of the time difference. And I want to talk about time in a slightly different way because of that. And what what I'm getting to is that many of the things I've seen and encountered come down to, with regard to performance, a collapsing of the distinction between performance and productivity. So let me expand on that a little. When it comes to performance, and that's not just athletic performance or the performance of ticking off everything on your list of things to do, or the performance of achieving something. When we talk about pain removed and performance improved, we're really talking about something very ordinary. We're really talking about the ordinary everyday performance of living your life. And how do we optimize that? How do we live that in a way that gives us confidence and self-esteem and comfort and something valuable? It's a very ordinary thing when we use performance in that way. And I think this last year has really caused all of us to look at the patterns within our performances in every field, from parenting to education to work to service to everything we do and we notice, good, bad or indifferent. We've changed the scale. We've changed the depth of field. We've changed the perspective. What was important maybe isn't. What is important maybe wasn't. And that crucial change in perspective for some of us has been very painful. And not just physical pain. I don't need to tell many of you the emotional pain, the psychological strain of 
reading about other people's hardship and or experiencing your own? And where do you set that scale? You know, what counts as hardship compared to what someone else is dealing with? And because of social media, we all know. And there's a level of desperation and a level of fear that we're all dealing with in different ways. And I think what I really wanted to say was one of the keystones that's not come to me as an idea by any means, but been woven in front of me like a tapestry from the people that I've met and dealt with and spoken to and taught online and been taught by online and the world at large, is that it's very easy for us to get caught up, whoever we are and whatever our patterns and our lives require, in the idea that we have to be productive somehow in comparison to how we were or that we have to produce something valuable because what we valued before has changed. And the new patterns that we're seeking to create put tremendous pressure on us to be productive. Many people I know have had to change jobs. How do you do all the things required of literally recreating your world from the ground up or holding on to your job and expanding to include educating your children or serve those that your work works for and with. These are all huge questions and I'm not pretending to be able to answer them here. All I am considering for many of the people that I've had the privilege to work with is this shift from productivity to performance and the recognition of what does performance really mean. And sometimes we've had to write new things to do lists and new priorities on our things to do lists. And just to simplify this a bit, let's look at the idea that performance has something to do with joy. Let's consider that. Let's consider that performance is a qualitative achievement. So whatever it is that you're doing, the performance has a quality of joy to it. And that productivity is a little more based on quantity quantity of achievement. Were you productive today? Did you tick everything off on your things to do list? Are you like many of us feeling overwhelmed by what's there to be done? And it's a quantitative assessment. And here's the key to why I'm sharing this. Sometimes we judge our performance based on our productivity. And sometimes we judge our productivity as if it is our performance. And that is to collapse two things that are completely distinct. I don't mean performance like you're a performing monkey and you have to perform online and finish what you've performed. And if you do enough online performances, you get 
ticks and you get famous and you're seen all over Instagram and you're somebody big and you've made it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kind of performance that leaves a message for somebody that says, I don't know, how are you? Or I love you or thinking of you. And that you stopped in a qualitative way, or paused, I should say, to consider the difference that that makes. It's a very different scale to finishing everything off on your list of things to do. And I know for myself, I have been on several occasions through this time almost overwhelmed with what's required, with what's possible, with input of what I should be doing and how I should be doing it and how many more of those I should be doing and so on and so forth. And I found myself putting them in the productivity pile and stopping to regard the performance. And one of the stories my father used to tell He would say to me when I was very little, and he brought me up with this. If you have a bundle of sticks, and you know you need to break it in half, if only to share them, you can get very caught up in how quickly you can break them, and how many you need to break at a time. And you take that bundle of sticks and you seek to break it over your thigh to get two bundles of sticks, whatever your reasons for doing it. And you end up breaking your leg because you did too much at once. And he would smile at me and put his hand on my shoulder and say, put the bundle down, undo it. Find patience within yourself, for yourself. And take some time to break each stick, one at a time. Now this was a man that would walk with us in the forest and he knew how to make sycamore whistles and he would take his time to find the right piece of sycamore, the right kind of a twig and he would carve it And then he would manipulate it between his hands until it was warm. And he'd make it moist and he'd wiggle it until the bark came out from inside and he would always pick exactly the right texture. And when the bark slid out, he would hand us this tiny sycamore whistle. That was a performance. And that performance in and of itself allowed us to walk through the forest with our little sycamore whistles playing tunes. And you could say it was very productive, but its purpose wasn't productivity. Its purpose was love.
I send you love this year because no amount of productivity is required to love and be loved. Know that you are already the beloved. There's a beautiful Wittgenstein poem and one of the lines in it is whereof one cannot speak, thereof one must be silent. And into that quiet place I leave you with a very beautiful poem by Rumi. Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right-doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about.